Greetings on this third Sunday of Easter. My name is Pastor Deborah. Whether you're here in person or you're online or you're watching this later, you're listening on SoundCloud. We're glad that you're here to worship with us. As we prepare to hear and see today's scripture passage and talk about today's breakfast with Jesus, will you pray with me? God of light, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read, and your word proclaimed, may we hear with joy what you say to us today. And all God's children say, Amen. Today's scripture passage comes to us from John 21, verses 1 through 19. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them, I am going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. They set out in a boat, but throughout the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. Jesus called to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. He said, Cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find salt. So they did, and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself, for he was naked, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from shore only about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net hadn't torn even so many fish. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. 
Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. I assure you that when you were younger, you tied your own belt and walked around wherever you wanted. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and another will tie your belt and lead you where you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After saying this, Jesus said to Peter, Follow me, the words of life. Thanks be to God. Today's passage begins with these words. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to his disciples. This tells us what? He'd already appeared. Exactly. And in verse 14, it tells us that as well, if we go on down, but sometimes we just kind of see that first thing, we keep going, and we don't always put it all together. Verse 14 clarified that this is the third time Jesus had appeared. Now when we're reading that, and we don't get down to 14, or there's not a verse 14 that explains it, our curiosity might send us back to chapter 20. And if we were to go back to chapter 20, we would see how Jesus actually first appeared to Mary and or the other women, depending on what gospel we look at. And then he appeared to the disciples the first time, beginning in verse 19, through closed doors. And then the second time, in verse 26, it begins there. Not only closed doors, it talks about locked doors. So the first two times that Jesus appears to the disciples are behind closed and locked doors. Notice that this time, Jesus doesn't appear to them behind any door, but on a beach, an open area. They've gone fishing. Something they knew how to do. Remember, before they met Jesus, they were fishermen. That was their livelihood before Jesus. As they are out there fishing in the boat, a voice from the shore calls to them, Children, to grown men, have you caught anything to eat? No. Cast your net on the right side, and you will find some. These are fishermen. And someone else is telling them how to do their job? 
but they cast the net. And they got so many fish that they couldn't haul it in. But think about it. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, then two other disciples. That's like five people in a boat. Five men could not haul in a net. That was their livelihood. It had to be pretty heavy then, right? For five grown fishermen not to be able to haul in the net. That's quite a catch. In verse 7, as they're trying to haul in the net, it says, The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. Now, who is this disciple? They've named most of the disciples in the boat. So why did they name this one? There's an omission of a name. It just says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Well, it's the author. It's John. Now, there's five instances in John that John refers to himself this way. The disciple whom Jesus loved. A little arrogant sounding, right? But, because Jesus loved all of the disciples, right? Jesus loves everybody. Jesus includes everyone. Jesus is all-inclusive. Jesus would fit in so well here because we're an all-inclusive community, right? Okay, let's not reject Jesus, please. Jesus fits in here. So that's not what John's saying here. Because in John 11:5. John talks about how Jesus loves Mary, Martha, Lazarus. John also talks about how Jesus loves all the disciples. So this is not exclusive or exclusionary. So what causes John to not name himself is not any of that. But it could be a few different things. It puts him there as an eyewitness. Right? If he says, the one that Jesus loved, it's like, hey, I was there. I saw everything. Or it could be that he's saying to everyone, his name is not what identifies him. The fact that he's in relationship with Jesus is the bigger identifier. You don't need to know my name. Just know that Jesus and I are in a relationship. Or it could be that he's allowing the love of Christ to be the controlling reality and that he's writing the gospel and he lives it out because of Christ's love for him. Something to think about. Go back and look at the five instances. I don't know if you've ever wondered about well, why is it the disciple whom Jesus loved? Again, sometimes we read scripture and just go, zoop. Don't raise your hand. Okay, I do it. <laughs> I do it too, yeah. But if we take it apart, 
like we'll attempt to take apart the hollow bread for communion. There's deep, rich things in the Word. Though we may not know the exact reason, taking time to think about it, the disciple whom Jesus loved can help us have that deeper, richer understanding. Now, back to the meat of the passage. Now that we've determined this John that said to Peter, it's the Lord. John knew who was on the shore. John knew for sure. Notice how Peter reacted and ask yourself, does that surprise you? As soon as he heard John say it's the Lord, he wrapped a coat around himself and jumped into the water. Now remember, Peter is a spontaneous one. Honestly, why wrap a coat around yourself and jump into the water? Just jump into the water and swim to shore. Modesty, I presume, before Jesus. I don't know. It's not explained. But Peter is always that do-before-he-thinks guy. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. We learned that they're not that far offshore, about 100 yards. They didn't have too far to drag that heavy net. But they were one man short, because Peter literally jumped ship. So it's a heavy net, and they're rowing to shore without Peter. No telling what they're thinking about Peter in the moment. Peter swam that hundred yards. Think about that. Now, anyone trying to picture what a hundred yards is like? In case that's the question, stick with me on this in case this is not your thing. Football field. Between the goal lines of a football field, that's 100 yards. I know we're not in football season right now, but they are having draft picks, so maybe you're thinking a little bit about football. I love football. Peter swam the distance of the football field of the Denver Broncos, or the Georgia Bulldogs, or the UTC Mocs. Or any other team that happens to be your team. Go Vols? Okay. I'm not supposed to mention any of those. I'm supposed to keep the both and in the middle, but what the heck. Now you know who I pull for. They drug the net, the heavy net they couldn't put in the boat 100 yards. Everyone's probably tired by this point. When the disciples landed to shore, they saw a fire made with fish, and then they saw some bread. Jesus told them to bring some more fish that they had just caught to add to what was already there. Simon Peter, who had just swum to shore, got up and drug the net to shore, which is fitting. He didn't help row it to shore, so let him drag it by himself. Now, we don't know who counted, it doesn't say, but the scriptures tell us someone counted because there were 153 large fish. Does it, the details sometimes, and the net didn't break. That's obviously an important detail for us as well. 
So we know that it was a large hall. 153 large fish. Now that's breakfast. Now that they're on shore, the fire's ready. Hear the next statement that Jesus says. Come and have breakfast. Jesus offers them hospitality, a meal, nourishment for their physical selves to replenish their tired, worn out, hungry bodies. After their efforts of rowing and swimming to the shore, Jesus cares about them. Let's pause for a moment here. What would it be like to come to shore to see a fire already made and to hear this invitation come and have breakfast? Soak that in for a moment. Picture Jesus inviting you to breakfast. You're tired, you're hungry, you're worn out. You have nothing to offer in the moment. Jesus has the fire ready for you. Jesus already has food ready for you. Jesus wants to be with you. Come and have breakfast. How does it feel? How do you respond? Note that in that moment, none of the disciples asked him who he was. They knew he was the Lord. John had figured it out earlier. When Peter heard it, he went off. They all knew it was Jesus. Nor is there any record of them going, hey, thanks, Jesus. Yes, we'll have breakfast with you. But we see next that Jesus took the bread and gave it to them. And then he did the same with the fish. Jesus served them a meal once again. Just like Jesus had served them before his death at Passover Reminding them then to remember him when he served them with the wine and the bread at that occasion. He served them here on the shore with bread and fish. Breakfast with Jesus. Verse 14 does tell us this is the third time Jesus has appeared to the disciples as a resurrected Jesus. Now after everyone had finished eating, doubtfully it was all 153 fish plus the ones that Jesus brought, Jesus turns to Simon Peter and asks him, do you love me more than these? Now the English isn't clear. Right? The English 
could mean, do you love me more than these people love me? Or do you love me more than you love these people? So we go into the Greek real quickly, and we find out that Jesus is asking Peter if he loves him more than all the other people do. And Jesus says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. That, that could be the end. And Jesus goes, feed my lambs. The answer is obvious. But Jesus asks a second time. And a third time. Whew, that third time, Peter is sad. Like, come on, Jesus, I've already asked you once, twice. What is going on? After feeding the disciples physically, Jesus took Peter on a journey. He asked Peter three times if he loved him. Each time, Peter said, yes. What do we remember about Peter doing previously three times? Hmm. Denying Jesus. Jesus sent Peter on a redemptive and healing journey in that moment. Emotionally, spiritually. Like, okay, you're full of fish and bread now. Let's go to a deeper place. Not only Peter, though, all the disciples and us, we witness that healing, redemptive, powerful dialogue. Simple questions, simple answers. I wonder how redemptive and healing it was for them. I wonder how it can be redemptive and healing for us. It is holy ground on a beach with a fire. Breakfast with Jesus. Anytime we experience personally the love and restoration of a relationship as the disciples witness here, between Peter and Jesus, we witness holy ground. Jesus always extends love and grace as is shown here with Peter. And what does Jesus want Peter to do with his love for him? Feed and take care of the lambs, the sheep, the flock, That is how Jesus wants Peter to live out that love. Jesus continues to teach the disciples. He feeds them breakfast, offering them physical food, and then feeds them spiritually and emotionally and otherwise, offering a model of how to feed others. As we consider how we are called to share the love and light of Jesus in our daily lives, let us consider these words 
written by Reverend Stephen Garnes Holmes, may they encourage us. Loving one, may all that I do today nourish your beloved lambs. May all that I say feed souls hungry for grace. May all I do tend your beloved and show the way to green pastures. All that I meet are like me, thirsting for love. Give me grace to feed your sheep. As we prepare to come to the table today, whether in person or online, to be fed by Jesus, may we consider those things in our lives for which we desire redemption and healing. Will you pray with me? Creator God, at times we recognize you and we know how much you love us. At other times, we are surprised that it is you calling out to us, beckoning us to join you. Help us to recognize you in our midst. Help us to accept your invitations to join you for holy table fellowship and conversation. May we be open to receive the redemptive grace and healing that you offer us. And may we respond by taking care of your sheep in return. All God's children say, Amen. Amen.